Looking for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs? Look no further than Printer Dudes. Check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S. Hey everybody, welcome to the 8th Inning Shorts, a very, very, very special edition of the 8th Inning Shorts because Carson, believe it or not, uh, this is our 75th episode. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, I'm going to keep this intro short because I am so <laughs> pumped about what, we, what we're going to be diving into in this episode. Um, and hopefully yep. you guys are too. Um, you know, can't thank you guys enough, obviously, but uh, we'll get more into that as we get later on into the show. Today is a celebration. Uh, yeah, we'll get more. Well, don't worry if you're if you're tuning in for mushy stuff. There's plenty of that later. Um, yeah, so obviously a huge thank you to all of you for all of your support um, over the last you know year plus, clearly. And also, Carson, a big shout out to our fans for basically giving us our you know our content for this episode. Yeah, um, if you guys have been tuning in for the last few episodes, you you know that. Um... The, the big thing we wanted to do for the 75th episode was give you guys a shot um, to kind of help us develop this episode. And mm-hmm. uh, we got a couple of great suggestions um, that we're really excited about. Yeah, we got some, you guys sent in some awesome ideas. Um, we do have something big and cooking for our 100th episode. We'll get to that. Uh, we'll talk more about that later. Um, the, a way for you guys to get really involved in episode 100. Uh, but in the meantime, let's get to our trivia question. Uh, we asked you guys, how many times did the team with home field advantage win the World Series when it was determined by which league won the All-Star game? Uh, and the options were A, six times, B, seven times, C, eight times, or D, nine times. AJ, I'm going to be honest. I have no idea on this one, and I might get this one wrong. I'm going to have to take a wild guess here, just trying to play off of my memories of those All-Star games. I'm going to say seven. Uh, Close. It's actually nine times. Oh, wow. Uh, so there were, there were 14 All-Star games uh, from 2003 uh, because, of course that the whole World Series uh, home field advantage thing was implemented after the debacle of the 2002 All-Star game in Milwaukee uh, when the teams ran out of players. Uh, yeah, so from 2003 to 2016, um, the All-Star game determined uh, the winner of the All-Star game, the, the league that won the All-Star game, uh, was awarded home field advantage in the World Series. Uh, so 9 out of 14, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, that's that's quite a few, a lot a lot more than than I honestly thought. But that's that's incredible. Of course, I feel like they should go back to that. Um, but that's another discussion for another time. Um, yeah. So the answer was nine, and um, actually, I was I was pretty impressed. Quite a few of you got it right. Um, of course, five of you are our lucky winners. Uh, for this one, we've got Liam from Rhode Island, Joe from Wisconsin, Abby from Colorado, shout out Colorado, Jimmy from Minnesota, shout out Minnesota, and Olivia from Arizona, uh, Carson, and they're not getting a 25 
or even 50, they're getting a $75 Crunchy Dudes gift card uh, in honor of our 75th episode. Yeah, so obviously massive shout out to Printer Dudes as well for yes. um, for continuing to kind of sponsor the, the trivia questions and the, yep. the show in general as well. Yep, they hooked us up big time. They hooked you guys up big time for this one. So um, congrats to everybody. Of course, we'll have another trivia question for you guys ahead of the next episode. Um, and I had to sound like a broken record, but if you got it right and you didn't get picked, you know, you didn't win, um, you know, don't give up. Keep trying. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, don't give up. Keep trying. You'll, you know, you'll get it. You'll get it one of these times for sure. Um, all right. So we mentioned at the at the top that you guys basically we asked you guys, you know, hey, what what do you want us to talk about in our 75th episode? Um, you know, kind of give you guys the a chance to to pick, you know, pick and, and or choose, you know, what you want us to talk about. And Carson, I think this was either our in our last episode or the one before that. One of our one of our sound off slash mailbag suggestions was an all underrated team. Yeah, and you know, it was something that was cool that kind of was built off the off the blocks of um, I believe it was a sound off that commented on uh, the player positivity and having yep. this idea to kind of take it one step further, which we both thought was super cool. Yeah, wicked cool, awesome, wicked cool idea. Um, yeah, so kind of building off of uh, the player positivity spotlight that you've been doing for um, for you know quite a few episodes now. Um, so I guess we'll just dive right into this. It will just start. We'll just go through the lineup here. Uh, we'll just start with catcher Carson, who is your all underrated catcher for 2023? Well, taking, taking some players from the player positivity and plugging them into this all underrated team. I have gone with Eric Haas of the Detroit Tigers. Nice. Nice. Solid pick. Um, yeah, Eric, I actually funny you meant, I actually went with Eric Haas. Um, my underrated catcher, though, I ended up going with Sean Murphy, who is now an all-star for the Braves. Very, very good pick as well. Somebody who has been a part of that Braves team that has kind of gone under the radar, uh, but has been a huge part in their success as well. Obviously being named an all-star starter, and I think in, in also his first all-star game. Game, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe being named an all-star kind of, um, maybe it takes you off the list of underrated players. You know, once you're an all-star, it's kind of, but, um, so I don't know about you, but basically what I tried to do with my list, my lineup of all underrated players was players that, you know, basically players that you don't, you know, that aren't, that kind of aren't household names, players you don't hear about a lot uh you know on a national you know from the national media um unless you live in the you know markets they play in so uh yeah so catcher sean murphy uh first base i had christian walker of the diamondbacks to the surprise of nobody christian walker carson i mean this is the this is the dude that basically had to come in and fill the very big shoes of paul goldschmidt after goldschmidt was traded to the cardinals yeah absolutely and perhaps to the surprise of everyone, 
I have also picked Christian Walker of the Diamondbacks. Um, I mean, let alone having to fill the, fill the shoes of Paul Goldschmidt, but AJ, he is such an underlooked member of this Diamondbacks team. He's been with the team since 2017 and has Mm. been, you know, he's, he's seen the rough days and is having a career season career highs right now in batting average and on base percentage you know in in slugging percentage OPS like he is across the board doing a you know having a phenomenal season yeah he is an underrated member of an underrated team um honestly if you want to talk all underrated you could use the whole freaking you know under all underrated team the Diamondbacks um but Anyways, yeah, Christian Walker um, had big shoes to fill taking over for Paul Goldschmidt. And and he's he's that. De- I mean, obviously, you can't completely replace a guy like Paul Goldschmidt, but uh, Christian Walker is doing a hell of a job. Um, all underrated second baseman. Uh, one and one of the best names in baseball, Carson uh, Nico Horner of the Chicago Cubs. Nico Horner, an absolutely excellent pick. Uh, Cubs have kind of been struggling a little bit, but Horner has been been kind of the guy in Chicago. Um, yeah. And a very solid pick. I have also picked a National League second baseman coming off the heels of last week's player positivity. I have gone, or last episode's player positivity. I have gone Tyro Estrada, Estrada. of the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, I, I'll be honest, I, I sort of bounced back and forth between Nico Horner and Tyra Estrada. Um, I mean, like, you, yep, you know, like you said, the Cubs are obviously, you know, they're not having the great air. They're sort of in the midst of the rebuild. Um, but Nico Horner has been a bright spot for them. And the Giants, I mean, don't look, you know, if you haven't glanced at the standings lately, ladies and gentlemen, the Giants are pretty damn good, and and Carson Tyra Estrada has been a big part of that. Yeah, he's been an absolutely huge part of that, and um, you know he's like like I talked about a little bit in the last episode, so I won't I won't go too much into it. Mm. Um, if you missed it, go go listen to the player positivity from our last episode. But uh, he's having you know a really great bounce back year that's been getting a little bit overlooked. Yeah. Also. You know, as a bigger, as a, you know, part of the bigger thing of what the Giants are doing. Um, I'm really impressed by the Giants because, you know, it wasn't long ago that that team was loaded with, you know, superstars, uh, you know, when they were in the midst of their, you know, um, you know, trips to the World Series. I mean, you had your uh, Tim Lindsay Combs and your and, you know, Madison Bumgarner, obviously, and um Pablo Sandoval and those guys, but the Giants have really taken a homegrown approach to this team, and and so far so good. Yeah, absolutely, and you know they're they're kind of getting getting back to back to form, and everybody is playing playing back to kind of where we where we thought they would be. Yeah, because they had a Giants had a bit of a rough year last year, so. Um, Actually, just taking a quick glance at the standings here. Yeah, the Giants are 46 and 37 and only three and a half games behind the Diamondbacks for first place in the NOS and only half a game behind the Dodgers uh, for second. So 
Um, yeah, that's that's quite impressive. Uh, from my own underrated third baseman, sticking, uh, sort of sticking in the National League West, and honestly, this guy might be the most. Uh, he might be the most underrated of my all underrated team, and that is the third baseman for the Colorado Rockies, Carson Ryan McMahon. I am absolutely stunned because I have also selected Ryan McMahon of the Colorado Rockies. Nice. Um, right now, all the people who always tell us that we agree all the time are furiously clacking away at their keyboards. Uh, no, seriously. We talked about Christian Walker having to take over, fill the try to fill the shoes of uh, Paul Goldschmidt. How about Ryan McMahon having to fill the shoes of Nolan Arenado? Well, and not only that, but again, kind of like Christian Walker, you know, he has stuck with the Rockies through thick and thin. He is, you know, he's been on a lot of these Rockies teams that have just been so awful, um, but has been yeah. kind of the the bright spot, kind of this homegrown, homegrown guy who has stuck around through thick and thin is Ryan McMahon. Yeah, he's he's been there through. Yeah, he's been there through a lot. I mean, Sorry, Rockies fans, but, you know, the Rockies are what they are. Um, but I guess, you know, maybe it helps to have a, um, you know, as as bad as the Rockies are record-wise, Carson, when you really look at that team, I mean, it's mostly made up of homegrown guys, and there are, they have some really exciting young players on that team. Yeah, absolutely. They've got a great young core that's going to be coming. And, uh, you know, it, Rockies fans, the, the years are going to be hard now, but get get ready because things will turn around for you soon enough. I mean, yeah, if they sell the if, – if the Cronkies buy the team. Because <laughs> um, we all know Monfort's not spending any money to put uh, – veteran players around you know alongside those young the young players so anyways um already at a shortstop i went with the speedster from cleveland uh ahmed rosario absolutely an underrated guy um you know cleveland is you know the the al central as a whole is something where you kind of look at it and just go Ugh, if you're a baseball fan but um, Ahmed Rosario has a huge piece in keeping the, the Guardians in that race and that division. For for my underrated shortstop, I have actually also stayed in the AL Central. This might come as a little bit of a of a shocker, but I, I will do my best to hopefully justify. AJ, I've gone with Bobby Witt of the Kansas City Royals. And here, nice. is, here is why. You know, he, he finished fourth in rookie of the year voting last year. He's only it's only his second year in the MLB. And if you look at his stats, his stats have taken a little bit of a dip last year or this year, but it feels like he's still one of the most young and exciting players coming up in baseball. But it feels like you hear nothing about him because of the team he plays for. And he still is electric and has been, you know, a huge is going to be a huge piece of the Kansas City Royal Corps for years to come and has been a big piece of them this season, really the only lone bright spot on that team. Yeah, I think that's that's a that's kind of what this list is all about, you know, picking an all-integrated team. These are guys that are, you know, they're really good, you know, they're good baseball players. You know, they're, they're really talented, but 
you know, like you said, in this case, in Bobby Witt's case, stuck in the in the baseball black hole that is Kansas City. Yeah, and that's a shame, too, because Kauffman is an absolutely beautiful stadium. Sorry, Royals fans. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Royals fans are still comforting themselves with that, uh, you know, the 2015 World Series. So good point. Um. You know, that wasn't that wasn't all. I mean, it was it was a little it was a while ago. It wasn't all that long ago. So, uh, all right, let's move to the infield. So I basically just picked infielders, you know, not limiting, not sort of restricting myself to left field, center field, right field. Um, so my first outfielder uh, and the only member of my Boston Red Sox, I tried I tried to stay as impartial as possible with this. Uh, but I had to Carson, I had to put Alex Verdugo on my all underrated team because I feel like, and again, I may be biased come, you know, speaking as a Red Sox fan, but I feel like Alex Verdugo doesn't get anywhere near the attention that he should. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy who, you know, it feels it feels like somehow some way has become the afterthought in the Mookie Betts trade, which is absolutely yep. absurd, by the way. Yeah. Um. But yeah, an absolutely phenomenal pick. Um. I myself sticking with pu- putting in players from player pros- positivity uh, have gone with Brent Rooker of the Oakland Athletics for nice. my first outfielder. Nice. Uh. Middle. Second outfielder. Um, this one I'm a little iffy on. This one I'm not sure if this, if this, if he's. Well, I'm not sure if he's underrated or not because I, 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 I typed the name and then I went. Uh, uh, anyways, I went with Brandon Nimmo of the Mets because I feel like. I feel like with all the with all the big names on that Mets team that Brandon Nimmo gets a little lost in the shuffle. Yeah, I think I think you could certainly absolutely make an argument for Brandon Nimmo being on this team. Like you said, you know, there are so many big names in that Mets lineup um, that, you know, you look at a guy like Brandon Nimmo, who has been a very efficient uh, player this season and throughout his career. Um, and he kind of he kind of gets lost in the shuffle for sure. Yeah, um, big time for my second outfielder. Um, we are staying in Oakland, and once again, a former a player positivity alumni. Uh, I am going with Esteri Ruiz. That's an awesome pick. Um, good on you for giving for giving some shout outs to the the Oakland A's because boy, do Oakland feel do Oakland fans need that right now? Um, yeah, I mean, you want to talk about a, a baseball black hole. I mean, everybody is so, understandably, everybody's so focused on all the drama with the, you know, the A's and the ownership and the stadium and are they moving to Vegas? Are they not moving to Vegas? That, man, you just got to, you just got to feel for these players. I mean, they're just getting completely, you know, completely pushed to the side. Yeah, they're getting absolutely schlacked, and it, it has nothing. It has nothing to do with them either. You know, it's the no. You know, they they are probably just as upset as as all of the fans are that this kind of thing is going on, distracting them from their season. 
that has been already yeah. tough enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I say push to the side, I mean, I mean, mostly by the national media. I'm pretty sure that uh, I'm pretty sure that A's fans, you know, are still, um, you know, are still focused on the players and that the, you know, sort of the local, the local media in Oakland is still, you know, but as far as national goes, yeah, all anybody is talking about is all the drama and BS surrounding the A's, so. Um, all right, last but not least in my outfield, uh, going north of the border to the only team in Canada in Major League Baseball, uh, I'm going with Dalton Varsho of the Blue Jays. Great pick. There are a few different Blue Jays that I think could absolutely go on this list, and I have actually gone with a teammate of his. I have gone with Kevin Kiermeyer of the nice. Toronto Blue Jays. Big Kevin Kiermeyer fan. Uh, formerly of the... Uh, Tampa Bay race. Yes, indeed. And I mean, I saw an article about this the other day too, AJ. And the more I kind of read that article, I was like, you know, people aren't talking enough about Kevin Kiermeyer. His stats this year are absolutely unbelievable. His best batting average since 2017. Same thing with his slugging percentage. Same thing with his on base percentage. You know, all of his stats are approaching career best numbers. Yeah, I mean, talk about and talk about I mean, talk about the very different that, you know, being under the radar, uh, you know, the poor guy plays in Tampa for all those years, which we know Tampa doesn't get any attention from the national sports media um, other than to point out the fact that, you know, the you know, this point out the fact that, you know, every time that the stadium's empty um, and then goes to Toronto, which I guess. I mean, I technically, I guess Toronto is a bigger market. Um, but Toronto's kind of Toronto's kind of weird. Toronto's, um, yeah, Toronto's Toronto's a little funky, but um, yeah, I mean, I think you could go, you could make a case for for Blue Jays. I mean, for you could make strong cases for uh, for Dalton Varsho, Kevin Kiermaier, and. The name of the other Blue Jays outfielder escapes me at the moment, but um, oh my God, who's the other Blue Jays? I'm sorry, everybody. I can't. I'm just drawing a, a total blank right now. Um, all right, underrated starting pitcher. Um, I gotta be honest with all of you. My initial, my initial instinct was to go with 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 my boy Zach Gallen out there in Arizona, um, but I did. I stayed in the National League. I stayed in the NL West um, and went to the San Francisco Giants, Carson Logan Webb. Very, very underrated pitcher. Fantastic pick. Um, and again, for for my pick, uh, I've gone over to the AL side of things, sticking with player positivity alumni. I have gone with the one and only Tyler Wells of the Baltimore Orioles. Nice. Um yeah, Wells is definitely, um, I mean, Webb and Wells, Carson, those are guys that we don't, um, I feel like we don't hear anything about these guys. No, absolutely not. And, you know, they, you know, Tyler Wells has been playing, you know, phenomenally in Baltimore, leads the American League in whip, by the way, which... 
uh, wow, which is a a very impressive stat. And Logan Webb feels like he's always kind of been a guy who has been who's been under the radar. You know, his his ERA is up a little bit from last season, but he still was one of the most reliable pitchers um, on not only the Giants staff, but potentially in the in the entire National League. Yeah, see, there you go. I had no way that there's there's proof positive right there. I had no idea that Tyler Wells was leading the American League in whip um, because, you know, how often do you, you know, turn on your, you know, uh, ESPN or well, ESPN's coverage of MLB sucks anyways. But, uh, you know, how, how often do you turn on uh, MLB Network and hear them talking about Tyler Wells? So um, anyways. Um, all right. And then it's kind of a bonus. I, I know I picked a starting pitcher. I feel like I had to pick a relief pitcher and this, I know I said, I know I said Ryan McMahon might be the most underrated on my all underrated team, Carson, but this guy, this relief pitcher, Scott Barlow of the Kansas city Royals might be the most underrated of the underrated. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Phenomenal pick. Um, another guy who it's, you know, he he doesn't get a lot of save chances. Let's let's no, you know, let's, no let's face facts. He does not get a lot of save yeah. chances, but um, when he nope. gets them, he's very efficient with them. Um, as far as relief pitchers for uh, for me, I have gone with not necessarily a guy that you see a whole lot in terms of save chances. Um, the guy who I think gets a bad rap, especially for kind of what happened in the playoffs last season. Mm. I've gone with Andre mm. Munoz of the Seattle. Yeah, Mariners. he had a. He did have a bit of a rough go in the playoffs last year, didn't he? Um, oh yeah, man, I gotta be. I'm ashamed to admit I didn't even think of him, of of Munoz. Um, that's a that's an awesome pick. Um, all right. So those are our, our all underrated teams. Um, looking back real quick, um, did we did we? Well, I mean, I know we obviously left players off of this list, but um, <laughs> did we make any glaring mistakes with these lists? Is there somebody that we can think of that um, that you know? Uh, was was kind of a no-brainer that oh yeah that guy i mean i feel like no no matter where you where you look you could make you could make a case for quite a few guys on this list right um i mean for for me as a as a twins fan it kind of hurt me not to put uh sunny gray on this list um because I think he's having a he's having a absolutely phenomenal year. Um, I think another relief pitcher that I heavily had yeah. to consider was Yoan Duran of my Minnesota Twins. Um, been you know shutting shutting these games down. Yeah, and I mean I think you could almost well. I mean an all underrated team. I think you could almost have a you know a first team and a second team of of all underrated players. Um, I mean, you could put together oh, an, you know, no a, a complete it. second lineup um, of these guys. Yeah, the only one I think, I mean, Logan Webb is obviously, you know, I mean, that's talk about a guy that you, you know, hardly ever hear anything about. Um, yeah, 
I guess I know. I guess like I said, you know, maybe Zach Gallen is the starting pitcher. Um, but no, I, I think I think we did a pretty damn good job with this. Um, you know, given how how tricky it is. Oh, I, I did think of one for I I did think of one guy that just kind of popped into my head, and that's that's Hassan Kim of the Padres, um, who I think. I feel like suffers from the Brandon Nimmo problem. He's on that Padres team loaded, you know, loaded with superstars, Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, Fernando Tatis Jr. And then everybody kind of looks and go, oh, yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, I would certainly agree with that. I think that's a I think that's definitely a fair assumption. Um, you know, he he's another guy that definitely kind of flies yeah way more yeah, under absolutely. the radar especially last year you know with all the all the drama with Fernando Tatis Jr. and his injury and his suspension and and Hassan Kim stepped up stepped up big time um at shortstop for the Padres last year so um anyways all right those are our all underrated teams uh we're gonna take a break when we come back Carson uh the moment We've been waiting for the moment all our fans have been waiting for our top five favorite baseball moments. Yep. And we're going to tease you guys because after the break, we're going to do five through two and then take another break and then do our top. So, um, sorry, but you'll have to, you know, you're just going to have to stick with us. Um, you'll listen to the eighth inning stretch and we'll be right back. Looking for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs? Look no further than Printer Dudes. Check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Alright, so we asked you guys for ideas, you know, basically we asked you guys what do you want us to talk about for our 75th episode. So, um, this is, we got, we got, you guys responded big time with all kinds of cool ideas. Um, unfortunately we're, we're, you know, we're not gonna, if we used all of your ideas, the show, this episode would be like three hours long. So, um, we will use some of your, uh, you know, ideas in future episodes for sure. Uh, but the big thing you guys asked for. Uh, the big thing our fans asked for Carson was our top five favorite baseball moments. Yeah, I am very excited about this. It was a very hard list to make. There are this some moments tough. in here that people are kind yeah. of probably be like, wait, really? That's in your top five. But yeah, um, I don't know about you, AJ, but I went for a lot of these are kind of ones that are sentimental. Um, yep. Some of them Absolutely. are, some of them are just history, historic moments that I will kind of those yep. moments where you'll always remember where you were when this happened. Yeah, absolutely. And I was also, I think, and I think we were, we were kind of talking about this before we came on. I tried to stay unbiased as possible, but um, somehow my top favorite, you know, my top five turned into uh, at least partially my top five Red Sox moments. 
Yeah, I've I've got a couple of twins moments in here myself, but tried to tried to keep it as unbiased as as I could. Yeah, um, and I mean, I think that's inevitable when you're you know, because this isn't this isn't some, you know, this isn't a top five list on MLB Network where they're you know, uh, you know, this is our favorite. You know, if we were doing top five baseball moments of the two thousands or something, these lists would look very different. But these are our top five favorite moments. Um, and the other thing I kind of surprised myself with was um, all of these are are fairly recent. Like, um, I kind of thought when I sat down to do this that I would end up, you know, uh, that I, I would end up going, you know, further back. Yeah, uh, some... Some of mine have a little bit of recency bias to them, but I was actually surprised. I did find a couple that kind of unlocked some some memories from from me as a kid. So, uh, of course, is, if we're being honest, interesting. If we're being honest, further back for you is very different than further back for me. <laughs> Good point. Fair point. <laughs> um. Anyways, all right. Let's let's do this thing, man. I'm so excited for this um let's start with number five carson your number five so what just to give you guys an idea kind of what we'll do is we'll you know we'll list the moment and then you know uh you know kind of dive into it a little bit and then talk about it a bit so without further ado carson your number five favorite baseball moment of all time now this moment i think is going to be a little bit controversial uh -oh. Um, but I'm going to try and explain it the best I can and hopefully justify it. Cause I don't know if it's necessarily a favorite baseball moment, but like I said, mm. it's one that was historic and I will always remember where I was when this was announced. And that is the Houston Astros world series scandal. Oh, now the reason why I put it in this list is simply because of the historic ramifications of it, AJ, and the fact that mm -hmm. this might be the biggest scandal that we will ever see in our lifetimes. And it was mm -hmm. it was a massive deal then. It's still debated about now. You know, yep. Dodger fans have certainly not been able to let it go. <laughs> um, but you know, it's one of those moments where I will always remember where I was when I heard wait. The Astros did what? What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I can I can see the I can see how people would be confused. Like, that's a favorite moment. But but I get it. Um, I mean, hopefully, fingers crossed that that is the biggest baseball slash sports scandal um, that we ever witness. Um but yeah, I mean, I think I, I mean, I get it. Um, that was I mean, you talk about earth shattering news like I mean, that was it was it was everywhere. It was not just covered by sports media. It was covered by national. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure I re even remember it being being talked about on the BBC. So. Yeah, it was it was international it was news. Yeah. It was huge. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I it's a little it's a little weird, but I, I get it. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope that's the biggest scandal we see in sports um, in our lifetimes. So, um, well, 
So here's a here's a question. Bigger bigger sports scandal, the 2017 Astros or the steroid scandal? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that's hard. That's tough, right? That's very tough. I'd I mean, still have to say the Astros, honestly. Yeah, and I think that's I mean, we were just talking about the age thing. Like I I remember very clearly the summer of '98, and you know Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and the home run race and how it you know how it brought you know for for those of you who don't remember or for those of you who just weren't you know for those of you who weren't around for it um, that summer of '98 and the home run chase you know Bonds and McGuire chasing Roger Maris. Um, for the single season home run record, that was that it's not an exaggeration to say that that saved baseball because it was only a few years before that 1994 when the strike happened and the world series was canceled. Um, and baseball was baseball was pretty much, um, baseball major league baseball was pretty much dead in the water after that, after 94 and 98 brought everybody back. Um, of course, knowing what we knew now, uh, you know, the fact that McGuire and Sosa and Bonds and Clemens and all these big names, Palmero were, you know, were all, you know, they were all doing steroids. Um, anyways, so, uh, my number five favorite baseball moment of all time, Carson, is the Chicago Cubs winning the 2016 World Series. I'm so sorry, Cleveland fans. I don't mean to rub salt in the wound, but seeing the Cubs win the 2016 World Series and finally break the curse of the Billy Goat that had haunted them since 1908, the longest World Series drought, um, was just, was just awesome. Um... You know, and the fact that it went seven games and uh, that Cubs team was just that Cubs team was that Cubs team, you know, had so much talent. They were that Cubs team was so likable. Um, honestly, I honestly would have been happy if either one of those teams, you know, if you know, if either of those teams had won the World Series, of course, the Cubs did it um, and, and finally ended that drought. And it was. So I mean, I, I don't I don't know how many people realize this, but Cubs fans and Red Sox fans have always kind of had this sort of like have always had this sort of connection over, you know, I mean, because the Cubs hadn't won since 1908. The Red Sox hadn't won since 1918. So we always Cubs fans and Red Sox fans have always had this sort of understanding about, you know, being the uh, you know, being part of a, a jinxed, you know, cursed fan base. So um, but honestly, man, 20, 2016 uh and the cubs finally finally getting you know getting that monkey off their back was was awesome genuinely i think one of the best calls of joe buck's baseball career um yeah. it, it was an absolutely incredible moment awesome for was, chicago yeah. fans um you know my my girlfriend was at the time in chicago for college when this happened oh um, man so i was very envious um, yeah that's jealous there, but oh man that must have been incredible um yeah and i think you know that's another one of those you know as a baseball fan you'll always remember you know where you were when it happened so 
Um, all right, my friend, your number four uh, favorite baseball moment. My number four, it's ironic that you just mentioned it. My number four baseball moment is the Chicago Cubs winning the World Series. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, man, I, I hate to rub faint salt in the Cleveland's wounds, but, um, yeah, that's just one of those. It's, I mean, it's, it was a cool moment. Um, and like you said, as, as described by, by Joe Buck. So, um, yeah, you could almost, you could, you could hear the sigh of relief from Cubs fans. I think like, ah, finally, I think we could hear the sigh of relief from Cubs fans back in 2016 too. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. Uh, my number four favorite baseball moment, um, is a, a more, is a more individual achievement. Uh, and for me, Carson, it is going back to 2012, uh, and Miguel Cabrera winning the triple crown. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome moment. Um, historic moment in it, in and of itself. I mean, Miguel Cabrera, if, if you never got the privilege to watch Miguel Cabrera in his prime for the Tigers, mm. my goodness, was phenomenal during his time there. Um, and you know, it wasn't that long ago that when the Tigers came to town, I was actually scared because then I knew I'd have yeah. to face Miguel Cabrera, but yep. yeah, an absolutely awesome achievement for sure. Yep. He was the first player to win the triple crown since 1967, which is, uh, that's just mind blowing. Um, that it was, it was all those years, um, uh, for someone to, I mean, that just, that one that just goes to prove how hard it is to, you know, how hard it is to win the triple crown. And two, uh, that, you know, that just proves that's more proof of Miguel Cabrera's, uh, you know, talent. So that he was able to pull it off. Um, first to win it to 67. The last player to win it before him was of course the great Carl Yastrzemski. Um, yeah, that was definitely one of those. I, I, distinctly remember i i remember very well watching uh watching the game where he basically you know essentially clinched the triple crown um and yeah those tiger teams man those those mid 2000s 2010s tiger teams uh they were no joke um i mean it was only a year later that you know the the 2013 tigers looked um unstoppable and i was you know like you said about being scared i mean when when it when it came out that uh that the red sox were gonna have to play the tigers in the 2013 alcs i, I basically went oh shit like <laughs> this is this is bad like this is not a good matchup um yeah so yeah those those tigers teams were no joke no, absolutely not. And you know, we're talking we're talking prime Miguel Cabrera. We're talking yeah, up and coming Miguel. Max yep. Scherzer. We're talking Justin Verlander. Verlander. Those, those yep. teams were nasty. Yeah. Prince Fielder. Yep. Uh Tory Hunter. I mean, yeah. Those those Tigers teams were no joke. I mean, I know I know we all kind of look at the Tigers now, you know, and the Tigers now are more like kittens, but um 
if sorry detroit fans but uh yeah those those mid 2000s early 2010s tigers teams they were no joke um all right carson your number three favorite baseball moment yes and uh, so for number three before i get into that though you really just had to go and break my heart mentioning the fact that tory hunter was a detroit tiger didn't you I, I mean, uh, he he was. He was. He was. I mean, okay. If it makes you feel any better, I will. I will. When I when somebody says the name Tory Hunter, I think Minnesota Twins. That does, um, that does make me feel better, actually. Thank you. The first when somebody says Tory Hunter, the first thought that pops in my head is all those years that he played for the Twins. The second thought that pops into my head is him going head over heels into the Red Sox bullpen trying to catch David Ortiz's go-ahead grand slam in game game two of the 2013 ALCS and then getting pissed because Steve Horgan, shout out Steve Horgan, uh, celebrated the home run before helping him up. Well, you know what, Tori? Maybe you shouldn't try to do your Superman impression and dive into the bullpen. That will forever be one of the most iconic photos of baseball, by the way, is him celebrating that home run as Tori Absolutely. dives into the bullpen. Oh, I mean, there was not a snowball's chance in hell that he was going to catch. He had no chance to catch that ball. No, no shot. Uh, and decided to try to be a hero, and his reward was tumbling into the bullpen. Anyways. Anyway, uh, yes, my number three moment. Um. This is this is the first this is one of the moments on this one of the you know my next kind of my top 3 are all kind of sentimental moments each for different reasons. Uh but this one is probably the one for lack of a better term that comes the most out of left field AJ and it is the 2008 <laughs> All-Star game. Now, yeah. why is this my top 3 baseball moment? Because when I was a kid this was one of the first baseball games that I got to really watch until its conclusion. Why was it mm. special that I got to watch this till its conclusion? Because it went 15 innings. And this all-star game was one of the games that when I was a kid absolutely captivated me. And the, the players on these teams were guys that I looked up to my entire childhood. Joe Maurer. Derek Jeter, Ichiro, uh, you know, Justin Morneau, Dustin Pedroia, uh, you know, that's that's just going on the on the AL side of things, you know, the on the NL it had Chase Utley, Albert Pujols, Chipper Jones, you know, the the amount of star power in that All Star game, and the the fact that it was one of those All Star games that still felt like it really mattered. And hmm. the fact that it went 15 innings, I was just mesmerized. 2008 was Yankee Stadium, right? It was indeed. Okay. Yeah. Now, it took me a minute, but then I assumed, once you started talking about the players, I'm like, oh, yeah, Yankee Stadium. Um, if I'm not mistaken, and I, I mean, it happens, uh, J.D. Drew was the MVP of that All-Star game. Let me double check. I believe he was, if I remember correctly from doing my research. Yes, he was the MVP of that All-Star game. You want to talk about underrated players? J.D. Drew, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. Uh, 
yeah, that was that was quite the All Star game. Um, but I do remember being a little. I do remember being slightly miffed that it was at Yankee Stadium. Um, because I think that was the. Wait a minute. Was that the last? Yeah, now I remember. They had it at Yankee Stadium because that was the last year of the original Yankee, the old Yankee Stadium. Because mm. the next year they opened the, the new one. Although, I'll be damned if I can see any difference between the two. Um. Anyways, no, 2008 All-Star Game was epic. Yeah, because um, it's not, it's pretty rare. It's not often you see All-Star Games go extra innings, so... Um, and there you go. There's another reason why the All-Star Game should determine World's home field advantage in the World Series. Um, because we don't, you know, I don't know. I feel like we don't get All-Star Games like that anymore. So, um, yeah, that's that's an awesome pick. Um, all right, number... Wait, did you say that was the first baseball game that you got to watch all the way to the end? Well, it wasn't, I guess, poor choice of words. It wasn't necessarily the first one I got to watch all the way to the end. It was kind of one of the first moments as a kid I was allowed to stay oh, up and I gotcha. watch something to the end. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because you were how old in 2008? I was trying to, tr- now I'm trying to do math. How old oh, was God. I? Yeah, I was nine years old. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. Okay, now that I've now that I feel old, <laughs> um, let's see, two thousand eight. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I'm not gonna tell y'all how old I was in two thousand eight because I'll really age myself. Um, all right, number three moment. Okay, so disclaimer. This is where I start getting into bias mode. This is my my next three are all Red Sox related. Um, because as I was sitting down doing this, I realized, you know what? Uh, most of my favorite baseball moments are all tied to the Red Sox. I mean, no surprise there. So um, number three, my number three favorite baseball moment of all time, Carson, uh, is Kevin Millar. Kevin Millar's walk. And Dave Roberts' stolen base in Game Four of the 04 ALCS against the Evil Empire. Always a series that brings back plenty of memories for a lot of baseball fans, and those two moments in particular were huge, huge moments for the Red Sox. Absolutely phenomenal choice. Yeah, I mean, it's Game Four. Uh, they had just lost the night before they had lost. They had got absolutely shellacked by the Yankees 19 to eight. They're down 03. No team in baseball history had ever come back from 03. Um, and shout out to Kevin Millar for drawing the walk and Dave Roberts, uh, of course, now the manager of the LA Dodgers. Um, I mean, he's on first base. He's staring down there. He's got Mariano Rivera staring him down. The whole, the whole world knows that he's trying to steal second base um, and pulled it off, obviously. Um, and I guess I'd also be remiss 
you know, Millar drew the walk, Robert stole the base, but it was, it was, and here's a name that you haven't heard in, in a very long time. Uh, Carson, it was Bill Miller, who, oh, by the way, won the American League batting crown that year for the Red Sox. Talk about underrated, the most underrated of underrated players. It was Bill Miller that hit a, that hit a single to bring Roberts home and tie that game. Holy cow. Talk about, like you said, a name you haven't heard in a while. Bill Miller. Whew. Yep. Man. Blast from the past. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, that 04 ACL, ACL, ACLCS is viewed with differing perspectives um, from differing fan bases, you know, Red Sox, Yankees. Um, well, I should say, Everybody, Red Sox fans and everybody who wasn't a Yankees fan enjoyed the hell out of that moment. Uh, Yankees fans obviously remember it very differently. Sorry, guys, but at least you'll always go down. You'll always know that your your team went down in history as the only team to lose a series after leading 3-0. Um, all right. Uh, what are we? Yeah, number two. Oh, geez. Yeah, we're in number two. Okay. Uh, last one before the break, Carson. Your number two favorite baseball moment of all time. My number two moment is going to go to the entire 2011 World Series uh, between the St. Louis nice. Cardinals and the Texas Rangers. Um, <sighs> you know, so many phenomenal moments in that series. Joe Buck recreating yeah. the we will see you tomorrow night after the David Freeze home run. David Freeze, the ultimate underdog, winning that World Series MVP. You know, two yeah. two franchises that were, you know, kind of mid-market teams that nobody really expected to ever see match up in the World Series. Two teams that were just so evenly matched, so incredible. You know, probably still to this day, my favorite World Series of all time. Yeah, I mean, I know the word epic gets thrown around a lot, but that was an epic World Series. Um, I mean, just the, just the, just the players alone. I mean, some of the, excuse me, some of the players on those teams. Um, I mean, just looking at the, just looking at the, at the Cardinals. I mean, Albert Pujols, obviously. Uh, Matt Holiday, uh, Yadier Molina, uh, David Freeze, you talked about, um, Chris Carpenter. Holy crap! I mean that that team was just that team was ridiculous. And then you look at the other side of it. You look at the Rangers. Um, let's see, twenty eleven Rangers. Let's see. Here we go. 2011 Rangers. Um, wow. You know, something jumps out at me about this Rangers lineup, and they didn't really have... Well... Well, okay. Adrian Beltre. I mean, that's a big one, obviously. Ian Kinsler, Mitch Moreland, uh, Nelson Cruz, Josh... Yeah, I mean, that that... But those were, 
I mean, if you had to, if you had to pick the two teams that were going to make the World Series in 2011, Carson, I honestly don't know that anyone would go with would have gone with the Cardinals and the Rangers. Yeah, and that was kind of one of the one of the super cool things about that series is that you know nobody really anticipated. I don't think when that year's playoffs came around that this would have been the World Series nope. matchup. Yeah, no, not not at all. Um, I mean, maybe the Cardinals, but especially in the American League, because I mean, we were just talking about, you know, that was during the peak of the, you know, sort of the Tigers peak of their of that run they had there in the 2010s. Yeah, absolutely. The the Tigers were dominant in that. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Rangers actually ended up beating the Tigers in either the ALDS or the ALCS to get to the World Series. Yeah. I think it was the ALCS. I think the Rangers beat the Yankees in the ALDS that year. Oh, that's right. Which, you know, haha. Um, <laughs> sorry again, Yankees fans. Um, yeah, so, uh, no, that was an absolutely epic World Series. Um, that might be my favorite World Series, if not for, well, Spoiler alert, the next two items on my list here, but definitely this next one. Um, it was October 30th, 2013, at a unusually warm October night at Fenway Park, about 50 degrees, which I don't know how many of you are familiar with Boston's climate, but 50 degrees on, on a night in October is pretty damn good. Um, that feels like summertime. Um, it was game six of the 2013 World Series, which that 2013 World Series, especially in Boston, was unlike anything, you know, uh, was unlike anything else um, for obvious reasons. But um, yeah, my... I, I, I got to be honest with you guys. I, I almost put this as my number one, but then I thought of another moment that uh, that was even more memorable, I guess, than this one. I don't know. I guess these are kind of – these aren't one and two. These are more like one and one A, I guess, because they're both they're both right up there. Um, seeing seeing the, uh, the last out, seeing the Red Sox record the last out, of the last game of the 2013 World Series against the aforementioned St. Louis Cardinals, who you want to talk about a stacked team, um, was probably the most cathartic baseball moment. Um, because it was the it was the culmination of just a very A very a, a year that had that had been quite an emotional roller coaster um, for Boston and for the Red Sox. Um, but I think the most impressive part, the most impressive thing about that 2013 World Series, Carson, you want to talk about a team uh, that that 2013 Red Sox team, you want to talk about a team that nobody thought had any chance. I mean, even in Boston, we looked at that team in, in April and went, this team doesn't have a snowball chance in hell of even making the playoffs. Um, it was basically made up of 
it was it was yeah there was some young homegrown talent on it but it was basically made up of a bunch of veteran players that that basically no you know no other team wanted and so they all they all just sort of assembled in boston yeah which is a, which was a super cool moment and again you know talk about it talk about a world series that was a ton of fun to watch uh, that world series was definitely you know great for all boston fans like you had said it was a tough year for boston in general um so to see them get rewarded with that world series win was beyond words awesome yeah it really was i mean uh, just looking real quick at the you know i mean the some of the names i mean so i talk about these veterans that you know it felt like nobody else no other team wanted um Mike Napoli, who had just a couple years before been in the World Series with the with the Rangers, uh, Jared Saltalamacchia, Johnny Gomes, David Ross. I mean, these were guys that other teams were like, "Nah, we don't we don't want these guys anymore." Of course, I think the the biggest of those, Carson, has got to be Shane Victorino. Yeah, absolutely, no doubt about it. I mean, if if there is one guy that is that should be heralded as a Boston sports hero. It is. It is Shane yep. Victorino. Victorino. Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That. Uh, that was. That was quite a. That was quite a night and quite a year. So. All right. Let's. Um. Let's take a break. Uh. When we come back, we will do our. We will unveil. Uh. Our number one favorite baseball moments of all time. You are listening to the eighth inning stretch. Looking for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs? Look no further than Printer Dudes. Check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S. Time to think about it. Hey everybody, welcome back to the 8th Inning Stretch, uh, our 75th episode spectacular. We're counting down um, our top five favorite baseball moments of all time. We have reached... The top at number one. Uh, so, Carson, your number one favorite baseball moment of all time. The only Twins moment, shockingly enough, that appears on this list. Joe Maurer's final game. Uh, I remember watching this one. He came out, you know, there, there had been kind of rumors swirling. It wasn't necessarily confirmed even up till the first pitch. Um, but you know, if you're a twins fan, when you, when you saw Joe Maurer come out for that last game, wearing the catcher's gear, Mm. you, you knew, you knew that that was going to be his last game. And, um, you know, it was really cool for him to be able to get that moment, uh, to get that standing ovation that he so richly deserved after a great career, the hometown kid, you know, born in St. Paul native son, um, you know, I'm I'm not gonna lie, AJ, when I say that uh, I had tears watching him watching him thank the crowd at Target Field that day, um, and it was just it was an absolutely awesome awesome moment. That's a good one, man. Joe Maurer, one of the one of the all time greats. Um, also, fun fact: I did not know he was from Minnesota. Yep, born and raised St. Paul awesome. kid. Wow. I mean how many players get to play for their hometown team? Like, I mean, I feel like that almost never happens. So that's, I mean, that's even cooler. Um, 
yeah, Joe Marwer, mad respect. Definitely, I mean, I don't care. I don't care what you say. One of the best. Uh, one of the, certainly, I mean, obviously, one of the best Minnesota Twins of all time, and definitely, uh, also one of the best catchers of all time. Um, yeah, always, always fun to watch. Um, just wish one of those damn times they had managed to get past the Yankees in the damn playoffs. So do we. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even obviously even more so from, from a Minnesota fans perspective, but um, every time the twins played the Yankees in the playoffs, it was like, come on, just once beat these guys so that, you know, so we don't have to play them. Um, But you know, anyways, um, all right. So, I mentioned before the break that my top two on my list were sort of one in one A because they're well, they're they're pretty they're pretty firmly linked. Um, and actually, I was just saying to Carson during the break that I probably could have done a top five list of just movements from from twenty thirteen, um, although obviously not all favorite moments and definitely not all good, but. Um, So, yeah, 2013, 2013 in Boston was, it was, it was, it was not a, it was not a boring year. Um, so I, I don't, I'm not sure how many of you, I mean, I'm sure most of you have, you know, you know about the Boston Marathon and you know then it happens uh on a you know a monday the same monday in april every year um that monday is it's patriots day in massachusetts and in the state of maine um and patriots day is a patriots day is a big deal um it's not just you know it's obviously it's marathon monday um patriots day is a big deal you know businesses are closed schools you know kids don't have school um, you know, it's a, it's a statewide thing. Um, and obviously the, there are two, there are two, there are two big fun events that happen on, on Patriots day. One is obviously the Boston marathon and two, it is the only day of the year that the Red Sox play in the morning. So the Red Sox play at 11 AM, uh, while the marathon is going on basically. And then the tradition is you leave the Red Sox game and you go down the street away as you go to the finish line of the marathon and you cheer on the, you know, I mean, by that point, the, you know, the sort of elite runners have long since crossed the finish line, but you go down and you cheer on the runners who are, you know, they're not, they're not doing it to try to win. They're doing it, you know, to compete and they're doing it because they love to run. And honestly, good on them because the shape and the athleticism and everything else that, you need to do to run a marathon like that is is you know it's it's pretty damn impressive so you go to the finish line after the red sox game to cheer on those those runners um so patriots day 2013 uh my friends and i went to the red sox game as as per usual um you know it was it was kind of a it was a tradition went to the red sox game Left the Red Sox game. Uh, stopped to 
stopped to chat with some other friends we had run into outside Fenway. Um, and you all know, you all know what happened. Um, two pressure cooker bombs were set off at the finish line of the marathon. Um, people were injured, you know, people died. Um, and what followed that was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. Um, essentially the city of Boston and the surrounding areas were shut down. Um, we were all told, uh, we were all told to stay in our, you know, everybody was told to stay inside. Um, don't go out. Um, nobody went to work. Nobody went to school. Um, while the Boston PD and the state police and uh, the FBI um, looked for the looked for the cowards who who set off the the bombs at the finish line. Um, anyways, you all know what happened from there. Uh, one of them was killed uh, when his brother was trying to escape the other one they found hiding in a boat in somebody's backyard in Watertown. Um, but that's obviously not my favorite moment. My, my favorite moment is the first game because basically what happened, the, the bombing happened and the Red Sox went on a road trip right after that. Um, I think the Red Sox, I think they were in Cleveland when it happened. Anyways, the first game back at Fenway, um, after the bombing and after, uh, the second bomber had been arrested, um, the Red Sox had a, had an awesome, just had a, a fantastic ceremony, uh, recognizing all the first responders and all the law enforcement and everybody who had helped, um, in catching the, in, in catching the second bomber. Um, but the highlight of that ceremony uh, was the speech that everybody's seen his big poppy speech. Um, his famous, you know, that, uh, here we go. We're going to get flagged by Spotify, but I, you know what? I don't care. Uh, it was big poppy's famous. This is our fucking city speech. Um, that brought cheers and tears from everybody at Fenway. Um, I consider myself stupid, ridiculous, lucky to have had the opportunity to be there. Um, and I'm not exaggerating, ladies and gentlemen, when I tell you there was not a dry eye at Fenway. Um, and it was honestly kind of a weird mix of emotions because, you know, everybody, we were obviously sad and mourning everyone who had been, you know, everyone who had been either, you know, injured or killed by the bombing. And also cheering like a bunch of cheering like a bunch of wild people because you know they had they had caught the bad guy so um maybe not technically you know it wasn't a baseball game moment but it was a baseball moment and it was so much more than that um i can't even begin to express you know i i, I talk about you know 
when I think about the Red Sox, I think about 2004, obviously. And 2004 was incredible, and I wouldn't trade that for anything. Um, but 2013, because in the wake, in the wake of what happened on on Patriots Day in 2013, in the wake of, in the wake of that, um, for a team. <laughs> For a Red Sox team that had no business being anywhere, that had no business being anywhere as good as they were, no business making the playoffs, and certainly no business even being in the World Series, let alone winning it, for them to do that and the way they rallied, you know, and the way they supported the the city and the way the city supported them uh, and the whole, you know, the Boston Strong thing, um, I, I've never experienced anything like that in my life before that. And I obviously certainly hope I never experience anything like that again. Yeah, no doubt a moment, not only for Boston, but um, I even remember watching this, seeing his speech um, and you know, it's it was an event that left the whole world in shock. But the cool thing about this moment is that, you know, obviously in the wake of such a tragedy that this kind of story could happen, that you will only... And this is why I cannot believe that there are people who just don't like sports. Because you cannot get any sort of majestic story like this anywhere else but in sports Mm -hmm. the the red sox run in in 2013 after the bombings the lakers winning the the nba championship after the death of kobe bryant like there Mm -hmm. there is no the the red sox story though the red sox story in 2013 though is the most magical the most amazing sports story in my opinion of all time um, yeah. Simply because, like you said, that team had no business being as good as they were. Nope. And, you know, first and if anything, that year solidified them as Boston's team mm-hmm. and solidified David Ortiz as the face of Boston baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, and even for that, for that game, that first game, they didn't. They didn't wear their regular jerseys, their regular home jerseys that said Red Sox. They wore home jerseys that said Boston on the front as just another, you know, kind of show of support and solidarity, which um, I thought was really cool. Um, and that's why I that's why I was so happy when the rest when they unveiled their City Connect jerseys as the so. I know a lot of you look at the Boston City Connect jersey and goes, what's with the yellow and the blue? Those are the colors of the Boston Marathon. And I, Carson, I don't think the Red Sox could have gone with any other color scheme for their City Connect jerseys. No, absolutely not. And in all honesty, like, I really like those jerseys. Those are beautiful jerseys. And like you said, yeah. it's the color scheme of the Marathon, which is yeah. just as important in the city of in the city of Boston as oh, the yeah. Red Sox are. Like you said, yeah. like, it's tradition that you go down to the finish line of the Boston Marathon. 
No yep. other city does that besides Boston. Nope. That's right. That's why we're the best city in the world, everybody. Um. Oh man, now I now I'm homesick. Uh. <laughs> anyways. Uh. No. Seriously though. Um. Yeah. That. The 2013 Red Sox. Uh. And the improbable, incredible run they went on run they went on was um it was exactly it was exactly what the city needed um after what happened and uh yeah i mean um yeah it was it was just it was it was i mean hollywood okay this might be a bad example but you know hollywood couldn't come up with a better story than that so um And, you know, and I know I just one last, you know, sort of, you know, as a Red Sox fan is my it is my duty to rag on Yankees fans. But Carson, I have to I have to shout out the Yankees and their fans um, for having a moment of silence at Yankee Stadium uh, the, 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 the night, the same day as the as the bombings. Um, and that just proves you know, yeah, we're fans of different teams. We we talk smack, we talk trash, you know. But at the end of the day, like, that is, I mean, we talk about it all the time on here. That is a great, perfect example of sometimes there are things that are bigger than sports. Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, we're all human beings. We're all going to stand with each other. And, you know, yeah. that's, you know, it, it sucks that sometimes it has to, come to a tragedy in order to show that but um there there is yeah, no, no there is no other time that you will see see people come together from all different walks of life yeah absolutely um so ladies and gentlemen those are our top five baseball moment favorite baseball moments of all time um carson that was really that was tough uh picking just five but I think we did a pretty damn good job. Yeah, I think so too. For myself, I was honestly surprised that there weren't more twins moments in there, but <laughs> let's be honest, I was not alive for most of the good twins moments, but Right, right. Yeah, you couldn't exactly talk about the 91 World Series. <laughs> no, I could not. No. Um Yeah, I mean, I even thought about, oh, you know, like my first, you know, my first Red Sox game and then I I started thinking about it. I'm like, I don't even I mean, I was like, what? five i don't even really remember it so um so i couldn't go with that um all right let's do some let's do some sound off mailbag stuff um so <laughs> as i was going through our sound off mailbag stuff uh carson i was absolutely i mean i guess i guess at this point i probably shouldn't be but I was absolutely floored and humbled. Um, I mean, I, I I picked just a few, but um, the sound off mailbag stuff was pretty much all our fans uh, congratulating us on 75 episodes. Yeah, the the amount of messages and everything that we received was almost kind of overwhelming um yeah from you guys and again none yeah. of this happens without you you guys all know that we've said that for 
every single episode just about, and we'll say it for the next 75. So thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you all so much. Yeah, this is this this 75th episode thing is as much a celebration of you guys, um, you know, as it is of of us in the show. So um yeah, let's just let's just go through these because these are just these are just really cool. Uh Nate from New York. Uh I've been tuned in since the very first episode, and you guys keep getting better with each one. Well, Carson, I think that's that's always kind of been our goal. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, while we're obviously we we love all of our fans, but you know, since since Nate said tuned in since the very first episode, shout out to everybody who's been with us for these <laughs> entire 75 episodes. What an absolute uh, ride it has been. Shout out to everybody and also our sincerest apologies. <laughs> Um, for those of you who don't know why that's so funny, uh, one, uh, Carson didn't come on board until our fourth episode. Um, it was me solo for the first three episodes and it was, it was not pretty. Um, but I mean, in my defense, I mean, uh, well, actually in both our defense, Carson, neither one of us had ever done a podcast before. No. And so it was, you know, and with, with podcasts, as we've kind of talked about previously, when, um, when we were asked in the mailbag, you know, advice about starting up a podcast, it's all mm. about, you know, getting into a rhythm, you know, it's going to, yeah. it's going to take a little bit to get that chemistry, but once, once it's there, it's, it's going to be so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, Carson came on board in the fourth episode. Um, also, apologies for the dark days when we ha were forced to record on Skype because Podcastle was out of commission. Um, yes, we know the quality of those episodes is terrible. Um, no, seriously, though. I mean, Nate, if you've been listening, this is the first episode. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Nate and all of you who have been here since the beginning. Um, yeah, what a ride. Um all right, uh, next up, Tony from California. Been looking for an indie, kind of outside-the-box baseball podcast for a while. So happy I found the eighth inning stretch. Uh, yeah, man, that's kind of what we pride ourselves on, is being outside of the box. Yep, exactly. Like we, like we always like to say, we are unscripted, unfiltered, uncensored. These are just, this is just us, given our, given our takes on baseball. You know, it's... The eighth inning stretch is really a podcast by fans for fans. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, we we that's one of our things is we strive to be different um, and sort of because let's be honest, the the baseball podcast market is pretty saturated, and so one thing we've always tried to do is set ourselves apart from the rest of them. Um, and you know, I mean, there are other there are other baseball podcasts who claim to be, you know, made by baseball fans, but you know, we are actual real everyday, your average baseball fans. Um, you know, we don't have, cause even the ones that are said they're made by fans, a lot of them, you know, have affiliations to sponsors or, or companies, whatever. And we don't have any of that. In fact, um, I know we've probably talked about it before Carson, but we don't, 
we don't get anything from printer dudes printer dudes is well i mean it's a it's a it's a company that's owned by a you know a really good friend of mine um she she does it she runs the whole thing out of her house um and just she just basically decided one day that you know she got into 3d printing and 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 realized you know one all the cool stuff she could make and two that she had a passion for it and has turned it into a pretty damn successful business so um you know so even in that aspect we're not we're you know quote unquote sponsored but you know not not in the traditional sense yeah exactly and like you said you know we you know again we don't really have to worry about some of those things because you know we right. don't we don't have a traditional sponsorship so we can we can kind of give our our baseball opinions yeah yeah we don't have to worry about uh you know sponsors sponsors backing out uh you know because of the stuff we talk about <laughs> oh man we would be in so much trouble if that were the case yeah <laughs> yeah um Anyways, uh, let's see. Next one. Liz from DC. My favorite part about the show is that it's for the fans and made by a pair of fans. Congrats on 75. And here's to the next 75. Damn straight. Yep. I mean, Liz couldn't have really said it better. Um, you know, like like I talked about with uh, with Tony's point, we are we truly do pride ourselves on being a podcast for you guys by a couple of baseball fans. And that's why, yep. too. For this 75th episode and for the 100th when we get there, um, we want to make you guys as much of a part of it as possible because you are the backbone of this show. Just because we host it does not mean it is all about us. It is all about mm -hmm. you guys, whether you've been listening from episode one or whether this is your first episode and everywhere in between. we, You guys are the backbone of what we do. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, and that's why, you know, you know, we've talked about before about, you know, sort of changing the show and evolving. I mean, look how well, we could talk about this stuff, I guess, when we get to our one last thing. But um, yeah, we we try to I think our our sort of our goal or our mission statement in a nutshell, Carson, is we try to make the kind of podcast that we would listen to. Yeah, exactly. We we bounce the bounce topics off of each other quite a bit and kind of talk about hey this could be something that that would yeah. be interesting and um you know it's again it's it's stuff that we would also think would be entertaining for us as well as for you guys first and foremost yeah because i mean we're not going to make a podcast that we wouldn't listen to ourselves so um that's important oh uh, and i saved the best we saved the best for last in our sound off for our 75th episode um it's from jackie from massachusetts uh and uh if you guys don't know why i'm getting all uh if you guys don't know why i'm getting all choked up and misty about this uh go back and listen to a few episodes ago for well maybe more than a few now uh for an email uh that we received to the mailbox the uh the mailbag um from a certain famous uh, well-known Boston sports columnist. Um, anyways, 
Carson Jackie says, congrats on 75 episodes and keep up the awesome work. You guys rock. Still is crazy to think about that Jackie McMullen. Sorry, I just kind of spoiled it a little bit, but Jackie McMullen uh, okay. listens to our podcast. Still absolutely blows my mind. And again, I said it back when we first got that email from her. I'll say it again. That doesn't happen if not for all of you who listen. Yeah, damn right. Yep, absolutely. Um One second, I'm trying to, you know, I just told you guys to go back and listen to that. But you know what? We're we're just going to, we're, sorry, everybody, bear with me for a moment. Um, oh, here it is. I won't, I'll be nice. It's their 75th episode. I won't make you guys go back and. Uh, listen to this, uh, listen to the episode, because I honestly don't remember what episode it is. Um, I'll just read this for you guys real quick, because because uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. And again, like I can't reiterate enough what Carson said. This, what I'm about to read to you guys, does not happen without your guys' support. So, here we go. Uh, again, this is from Cheese. Carson, do you, even, do you even remember when we got this? It's It's been quite a while. It's, it's been a minute. I was going to say, it's definitely been a few episodes. I don't remember which episode exactly, but it's definitely been a few. Yeah, it's been a minute. But anyways, here it goes. Uh, dear co-host of the 8th Inning Stretch, I tuned into your show after a friend recommended it to me. I won't tell you who. Let's just say they know a thing or two about baseball. Damn it, I still want to know who that is. Um, <laughs> and I was blown away. In a landscape that seems to be full of content creators who lack a personal touch with their fans, you guys go above and beyond. Every episode I listened to, it felt like you were talking directly to me. Like the three of us were sitting at the bar, shooting the breeze about baseball. <sighs> oh, man. If only. Um, add that to your seemingly never-ending wealth of baseball knowledge. That's mostly Carson and all his uh, wonderful stats. Uh, your very obvious love of the game, both of us, and a unique dynamic. Yep. Uh, and a brand and brand of humor, and you've got something very special going. You can count me as one of your fans and keep it up knowing I'll never miss an episode. Sincerely, Jackie McMullen. P.S. This is my favorite part. I'm insulted AJ didn't pick me as his dream guest. Haha, ha, just kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, I, again, I said it then and I'll say it again. Jackie, if you ever want to come on the podcast. Anytime. We, we will anytime. more than gladly accommodate. Yep. Oh, she knows. I've, I've told her as much um actually fun little side story that email actually sort of struck up a correspondence um between her and i which i gotta be honest with you guys as a as a sports you know especially a baseball fan uh and as a sports enthusiast and as a writer um yeah i mean she's i mean anyone from the boston or boston area will know what i'm talking about um no i mean she she is what i would call an idol um so yeah the fact i mean that man i'm still i'm still mind blown um about that email so um but anyways like like carson said that does not happen without you guys and also i still really really want to know who the friend was yeah that that has not changed i still desperately want to know yeah 
Um, I have my suspicions, but uh, anyways. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for for all your uh, sound off and, and mailbag stuff. Um, you guys really seem to be enjoying the heck out of that that feature. That's so um, so. Shout out to Spotify for for offering that. Um, kind of makes me wish that it was available on the other platforms we're on, but um, judging by our analytics, it seems like most of you are listening on the Spotify mobile app. So um, keep that up. Um, real quick, uh, maybe some must watch games. Carson, we've got the Astros and the Rangers uh, that we kind of talked about last time. We've got Orioles, Yankees, um, That's pretty much, yeah, not, 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 um, wow. I, I, Pirates, Dodgers, I guess could be good, but the Pirates haven't been, haven't been playing as well as they were. So, uh, but the real question is, do you have a tankathon for us? I believe I do. We have to go a couple, we have to go a couple of days in advance. Uh, I, I hate that I have to do it, do it to oh, no. athletics fans again, but oh no, AJ, this series is just too bad to ignore on July 4th. We get treated to Oof. some absolute duds in terms of fireworks. Um, as the, <laughs> as the Oakland athletics travel to Comerica park to take on the Detroit mm. tigers. Oof. That is, Oh God. So if you want to go to a series to at least celebrate the 4th of July and have an alcoholic beverage or two, go watch that. Yeah, you're going to need it if you're watching that game. Um, All right, so this is normally when we do our one last thing, and we are kind of doing it. But um, this is actually this is another thing that one of you suggested Um, and kind of talk for a minute, Carson, about some of our favorite memories or moments from the first 75 episodes. Man, that's that's actually kind of hard. I mean, obviously, um, my first episode comes to mind, episode four, where yeah. um, not only was it the two of us, but we also had uh, Jordan Leandre. Leandre. Um, yeah. And we were talking about some, some baseball movies. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, going back to, to last year, um, the the episode that AJ finally gave up on the fact that the Seattle Mariners were going to go to the uh, World Series was an episode that I will always remember just because of uh-huh. the pure sadness in my illustrious co-host's voice uh, coming to that realization. Um, I mean, there have been there have been so many great moments that it's you know it basically just take the take the best of eighth inning stretch episode that we did a year ago and just basically yeah. play that. And there will be all of my yeah. moments probably in there. Even though putting that episode together was an absolute nightmare and I will never do that again. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Um, yeah, that was no, that was so hard. Um, it, I mean, it was worth it. I'm, I'm glad we did one, but uh, I'm sorry, everybody, but never again. Um, well, I mean, turnabout is fair play. You know, you talked about the episode where I realized that the Seattle Mariners were going to the World Series. Uh, but the episode uh, immediately following your L.A. Dodgers defeat at the hands of the San Diego Padres comes to mind. 
Ooh, yeah, that was um, that was an all timer. Um, <laughs> yikes! Speaking speaking of all timers, last year I had oh, some man. I had some pretty all time twins rants during you did uh, during yeah. the point where things were just especially if you find the episode where the twins end up falling into third place after holding first place through I think the month of June at that point. Yeah, if that that rant gets pretty epic, and I call out a lot of different players in that specific rant. Yeah, we've had some we've had some pretty good rants. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think my rant about uh, how the Red Sox front office completely and utterly, you know, at this point we've already been flagged by Spotify. So what the hell? Uh, the Red Sox front office completely and utterly fucked up the memorial for Jerry Remy at Fenway by not inviting Don Orsillo. Yep, that one was. Whew. You could you could cut the tension out of that one with a knife. Whew. Yeah, I was heated about that. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just been so like, yeah, it's kind of hard to pick. I mean, there's been so many. Uh, but I think. Maybe one of my favorite things that we've done over the over this time is um, the 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 format and the makeup of the of the show Carson looks completely different. Yeah, absolutely. the The show itself has gone through a few different phases. Um, you know, gone through a couple different logos. Uh, you yeah. know, we we at one point, you know, at one point. Uh, Speaking of solo episodes, had the the run oh, of no. Wednesday shows for a little bit. Oh my god, <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, those didn't last long because you know I did I did a you know a few of them and I was like, nope, this is not working. Um, solo episodes, you know, there are some kinds of there are some kinds of podcasts, some topics where. Yeah, a solo episode, you can do it. Um, a, a baseball or sports podcast, no, can't do it. Um, well, I mean, you can, but you you have to have a host and then a guest every every time. So, um, actually, that got me thinking about guests. So we had we had Jordan Leandre. Uh, that was your first episode. Um. We had Alex a couple of times, Alex Alcazaz. Yep. Um. Uh, Gabby, Gabby. Hurlbut. Oh, we had Gabby. Yeah, that's right. Uh, where I unsuccessfully tried to convince her to come join us. Um. <laughs> that's how good that episode was, by the way. It was. It really was. Um. Yes, I unsuccessfully tried to get Abby, uh, to come join the dark side. Um who now she has moved up and is hosting the, um, what is it? The locked on Red Sox podcast now. Yeah. So uh, by the way, massive shout out to Gabby for that. And yeah, well, that's Gabby. Well yep. Yeah. That's Gabby Herbert. You can find her on, on Twitter. Um, at, I think her, uh, I believe it is, uh, at her. Gabby Hurlbut 10. On yes, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely check her out. Um, really knows her stuff. Um, yeah, we've had Alex a couple times. We had Gabby. Uh, the last episode I did before um, 
before Carson came on board, and I had uh, I had Bailey and Ed from the uh, 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 I can't remember baseball and baseball and bubbly or something. Um, that episode was fun, but that was a free for all. That was like a two and a half hour episode. So, uh, yeah, but no, no, we've gone through we've gone through a few. I mean, we've gone from having you know really no um no sort of organization or you know no segments or anything to having segments to having you know uh you know we've done the poll questions uh we've done the trivia we're you know we're obviously doing the trivia questions now um uh the mailbag carson that came that idea came from our fans Yep, and it's been one of these staples of the show ever since. Buy or sell yep. was also something Buy or that sell. came from, yep. from you guys. Yeah, that came from you guys too. Yeah, basically somebody just wrote to us and was like, hey, you guys should do a, you know, uh, it, one of my one of my fellow around the horn aficionados were like, hey, you know, that's my, and it just happened that I was like, oh man, yeah, that's that's my favorite part of around the horn is buy or sell. Which I don't even think around the horn does anymore. So there you go. Um, yeah, the mailbag was a big one. Um, the one last thing that was another uh, that was another thing that came from our fans uh, when the one last thing was called parting thoughts. Yep. Um, yeah. So so much so much stuff. Um, yeah, so much has come from you guys. So, um, you know, I know we say it and we sound like very broken records at this point, but uh, none of this, none of this is possible without you guys. Um, I, you know, when this thing first started out, not even in, not even in my wildest dreams, uh, could I envision how how this thing was going to take off and and how far uh, how far it would come? Yeah, it's been it's been absolute it's been an absolute honor and pleasure to be able to do seventy one episodes now um, along alongside you, AJ, yep. and um, you know again, like AJ has said, like we've said a million times before, you guys are the reason why we do this. We, you know, we make these, we continue to make the show for you guys and the the support that you have shown us throughout the show's time has meant more than, than any words that we could ever say. Um, you yeah. know, you guys mean, all mean so much to us. Um, and we will forever, forever be indebted to you. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on this ride. Here's to our next milestone in 25 episodes when we hit 100. And hopefully we'll be able to continue to grow along with you guys along the way. I can't believe we're 25 episodes away from 100. Yeah, that's wild. By the way, can we can we just stop and think about that for a minute? I mean, twenty five episodes. Twenty five episodes sounds like a lot, guys, but it's really not when you consider that we're already on seventy five. Yes, but 
and that's might be transitioning into a little bit of housekeeping as we kind of mentioned on yes uh, on last episode aj's going off to do a little do a little bit little little camping trip for fourth of july uh so you guys will not hear from us uh for for a couple for a week um but I think this is a this is a great great way to kind of do do a send off as having this seventy fifth episode spectacular, yeah. um, and then we will see you guys in a week for episode seventy six. Uh, yeah. So no, uh, no episode on the seventh. So no episode this coming Friday, and then uh, also no episode on Monday the tenth. So our next new episode will be on Thursday, uh, Friday the 14th. I'm sorry. Um, yep, going on a little weekend camping trip uh, with some cool people, with some friends. Going to go uh, soak up the fresh air and spectacular scenery of the Rocky Mountains here in Colorado. Um, I consider myself indecently lucky uh, to live in a place with... Um, such breathtaking scenery and and uh atmosphere uh i mean just a couple hours away from from you know here so um colorado is for anyone who here we go turning into tourism show seriously though for any of you who have not had the opportunity to come to colorado please do um it's it's a it's a it's a spectacular place. Um, there's obviously the scenery, you know, with the mountains and the and the uh, and the plains and all the animals. Um, uh, but also, we have some pretty we have some pretty kick-ass food here. Um, some of the best barbecue I've, and some of the best Mexican food I've ever had. Um, I've had here. Um, stay away from the pizza, though. The pizza here is terrible. Um, if you want good pizza, go to Boston. Um, but seriously, no, I mean the food, um, the culture, all there's always year round, there's cool stuff to do. Um, and if that doesn't tempt you, you know, Hey, uh, a certain, a certain plant is legal here. So, <laughs> you know, I see, that's the kind of thing that I couldn't have said if we had an actual corporate sponsor. Cause whoa, um, no, but seriously, though, I mean, come on, like, it's, you know, I mean, I'm not going to, I'll resist the urge to get out my soapbox, but seriously, um, there are different forms of, there are different forms of said plant, you know, you don't have to smoke it, there are other, you know, there are other, other means, so, um, anyways, um, I, I I think that's uh I think that's pretty much a wrap. Um anything else you want to add before we sign off? No, I think I think we've said it all. Um I guess one final thank you to all of you guys who've been who yep. listened to us on on a regular basis and um you know, we we can't thank you guys enough. We will um uh, we will talk to you guys on the 14th. Um, yeah, everybody, uh, obviously, you know, this weekend is the holiday, so, you know, have fun, be safe, 
uh don't do anything stupid um you know hopefully you guys all get to spend some some quality time with your friends and family this weekend um you know the the next few days and and uh for the fourth obviously um yeah that's i guess that's i guess that's pretty much it um, and happy belated canada day to no way yeah what no way what are we good yeah we're oh, good okay i got booted out there for a second that's there we go there's oh. another there's another great moment uh, <laughs> randomly booting me out for no reason but yes happy belated canada yeah. day also to all of our canadian fans out there yeah absolutely to all our friends north of the border um yeah contact us you guys know uh email athenningstretch@gmail.com on twitter via direct message at athenningpod don't forget to follow us and click the bell to get notifications um you can use the sound off thing on on spotify um again that's only on the spotify mobile app uh you click on the title of the episode and it's right there at the bottom of that page um and yeah a massive massive shout out to uh printer dudes our our awesome sponsors um you can uh they are definitely i mean they have so much cool stuff they have 3d printed toys and collectibles and all, just all kinds of cool stuff do yourself a favor go check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com um and as a thank you for being a fan of the show you can use promo code home run that's one word and save 10 percent off your order that's printer dudes d double o d s uh all right everybody everyone have an awesome weekend and awesome fourth and um and we'll talk to you guys uh next week